Psalm 13. For the director of music, a psalm of David. How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. I'm Sam, one of the student ministers here. If we haven't met before, uh, that's who I am. So before we dig into this passage, let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for your word. Pray now as we look into it, your spirit would be at work in our hearts. It would challenge us and encourage us to be living for you with all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was 18 years old the first time I saw my dad cry. He came and told me that mum doesn't love him anymore. He was an emotional wreck. I didn't know what to say, and he didn't know how to fix it. He was completely distraught, in absolute despair. And in today's psalm, King David writes from a very similar point. He feels completely separated from God, like God doesn't love him anymore, like God has forsaken him. He feels as though God's favour has been torn away from him. He feels forsaken and unloved by God. And he has no one to console him except himself. The only person he has for comfort is himself. Look there in verse 2. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? David is wrestling with his thoughts. Or more literally, he takes counsel in his soul. The only person David has for comfort, for consolation, is himself. And day after day after day, he has sorrow in his heart. David is depressed, deeply depressed. Have you ever felt this way before? So depressed that even the people closest to you feel a million miles away. Your mum, your dad, best friend, spouse. They might tell you that they love you and they'll never leave you, but you don't believe them. You can't, no matter how hard you try. It's just you and your thoughts. You are your own counsel. But maybe that's okay. See, these days, we believe that true happiness can only be found by looking inside of ourselves. 
Only we determine our happiness. If we're sad, depressed, in despair, it's because we let other people define who we are. If we want to be happy, we need to define who we are for ourselves. That's, that's what we believe these days. But what do you do when the voice in your head tells you that you're worthless, useless, unloved? Listening to that voice leads down a very dark and lonely path. Here's a story of a man who suffered from mental illness. This is his story. When the sickness hit, it felt like a rug was yanked from under my feet. I didn't want to be involved with the world or its people. Trust became a big issue for me. I didn't believe anyone. My mother, the neighbor, not even my pastor. Everyone is out to get me, I thought. Paranoid. My grip on reality was loose. In essence, I had given up on life. Maybe this story sounds awfully familiar. Now, I was at the gym yesterday, and a news story came up of a young boy, 16. He died in a car accident. You might have heard about it just in the northern beaches. What do you tell the, the parents? What do you say to them? How do they feel? I can imagine they feel so distraught, in despair. And what about his five friends in the car with him? They've just lost one of their closest friends. What do you do in a time like that? Who do you turn to? Look there in verse 3. Who does David turn to? David turns to God. He says, look on me and answer. Give light to my eyes. David turns to God and he asks him to give light to his eyes. He's asking God to help him to see the truth, to reveal his ways to him. David goes to God, not to himself. And we too should turn to God in our sorrow. God is the one we should turn to in our sorrow. He is the one we find our counsel in. Now, I think it's worth mentioning here that it's not ungodly for Christians to seek professional help for mental health. Mental health. Now, God has provided us with many skilled professionals who can help us with our mental health. When you break your leg, you go to the doctor. When your brain doesn't seem to be working right, you go to a psychologist. I think we need to destigmatize mental health a little bit. It's right and good to seek professional help. But whether it's our mental health or our physical health that needs attending to, this passage shows us that there's a deeper spiritual thing we need to be concerned with. In times of distress, we are at risk of becoming spiritually unhealthy. We can be more susceptible to harming our relationship with God during such times. And in particular, the spiritual health of our prayer life. See, when David turns to God in prayer, he doesn't ask for the strength to overcome 
his problem. He doesn't ask for the anguish to be taken away. He asks God to give light to his eyes. To open his eyes to the truth, to see things as they really are. When we feel the pain of loss, the agony of illness, troubles of life, what do we ask of God? I know I've asked him to take the pain away before, to get rid of the thing that causes me pain, to just put it to an end. But that isn't David's request. He asked God to show him the truth. He asked God to remove his blindness to reality. So we too, in the midst of our grief, should turn to God and ask that he would help us to see the truth. When in the depths of sorrow, the words in our lips should be, God, give light to my eyes. Help me to see the truth. But what is the truth we need to see? What is the reality that we need revealed to us? Look there in verse 5. It's God's unfailing love. God's unfailing love. Despite our pain, grief, loss, and suffering, we need to see that God's love does not fail. God's love does not fail. No matter what the voice in our head says, God has not and he will not fail to love us. God has not forsaken us. But sadly, it's often the other way around. We forsake God. Look there in verse 1. David says that God has forgotten him. But it's David who has forgotten God. He has forgotten God's unfailing love. He has forsaken God's love for him. But by the end of the psalm, David has remembered. He has remembered God's unfailing love. By the end of the psalm, God has answered David's prayer. God has given light to his eyes. He has revealed the truth to David. He's reminded David that he's never stopped loving him. And in our sorrow, we need God to enlighten our eyes to see this truth. We need God to remind us of his unfailing love. We need God to reveal this to us. But how does God reveal this to us? How does God enlighten our eyes to his unfailing love? Look there in verse 5. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. God displays his unfailing love in his salvation. God makes his love known in salvation. Salvation from death. Look there in verse 3. Give light to my eyes, David says, or I will sleep in death. God saves from death. And for David, this, this could be sleeping in death. Literally, 
the sense of dying. But more likely, I think it's a feeling of just utter despair. That without the light of God's unfailing love, without the knowledge of that truth, he is as good as dead. Now, the passage doesn't tell us how God has revealed this to him. But I reckon there's, there's two things. Two things. God's word and God's people. Maybe David was reading Deuteronomy and he came to chapter, uh, chapter 7, verse 9, which says this, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. And also being the king of Israel, I'm sure David had many advisors. They would be there to remind him of God's saving acts through Israel's history. For example, the Exodus, where God saved his people from slavery in Egypt. Or the story of Noah, where God saves a family from the coming flood. I reckon through these two things, God's word and God's people, that God reminds us of his unfailing love. But how has God revealed his unfailing love to us? I mean, it's all well and good for David. He's the king of Israel. He's got many advisors. I'm not sure we have that with us. So how has God revealed his unfailing love to us? In the death of his son. As Jesus hung on the cross, he prayed to the Father, crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Asking his father, why? Why am I forsaken? And what's the answer to that? So that we aren't. So that we aren't. Jesus was forsaken for us. And like David, I think there's two ways that we're reminded of this. God's word and God's people. For those of us who find themselves depressed, in despair, bringing yourself to read God's word can feel like an impossible task. You can barely bring yourself to read an email, let alone open up a Bible. But where else are you going to be reminded of God's love for you? Without it, we'll sleep in death, David says. We can try and distract ourselves with things like Netflix, international travel, relationships, but none of these things will remind us of God's unfailing love. We need God's word to speak into our lives. But where do we start? The Bible can be overwhelming, even when I'm feeling good. Where do we start? Well, we can start here in Psalm 13. You can just read this psalm. Just pray the words of this psalm. It's the perfect psalm to come to when you're in a place of sorrow. And for other here, others here, we might not be the ones who are struggling, but we know of people who are struggling. You can be the one God uses to bring light to their eyes. You can share the truth of God's unfailing love with them. You could read this psalm to them. 
You can pray for them, care for them. Mourn with those who mourn. Cry with those who cry. Be God's answer to their prayers. Remind them that Jesus was forsaken for them. Remind them that Jesus was forsaken so that they will never be. But this message isn't just for the brokenhearted. It's for all of us. We all need to be reminded of God's unfailing love. I'm sure that for some here, the the experience of depression or incredibly challenging hardships maybe isn't something you've had to face or you've had very little of. When it comes to up and downs in life, maybe you're quite stoic. Nothing moves you. You're a stone fortress. If this is you... I can relate a little bit. I can't say many things in life get me feeling down. Uh, I feel like I get this from my dad. He believes that bad things in life happen and you just got to suck it up and move on. You know, that's life. Maybe this is your approach and maybe that's working for you. Before my dad, all it took was for the person he loved most in life to say, I don't love you anymore. And his whole mental fortress came crashing down. This made Dad question God's love. It made him wonder if God loves him. But he wasn't one to read his Bible. He never really came to church. He never had any Christians in his life who could remind him of God's love. He didn't have God's word, and he didn't have God's people. He had no one to counsel him. That's why both the brokenhearted and the unshakable need to be reminded of God's unfailing love. They both need God's word and God's people to remind them of God's unfailing love. Because when that mental fortress comes crashing down, and it comes crashing down hard, Who will be there to remind us of God's unfailing love? And lastly, whatever our life circumstances are, no matter what we're going through, we can sing praises to the Lord. So despite David's circumstances there in verse 6, have a look. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. This feels out of place in this psalm, doesn't it? It feels like he's in absolute pits of despair. But here he is in verse 6 saying, I will praise the Lord. I will sing his praises. What? The two just don't seem to fit together. How can I rejoice? How can I praise God? My heart's broken. But it's in those times that we need to sing the most. See, songs have a great way of getting stuck in our head. We constantly get songs stuck in my head. I've got one at the moment. I can't even remember the name of the song, but I can remember the tune. I can remember some of the lyrics to this song. And songs are another way that God reminds us of his unfailing love. Songs get God's word stuck in our head. 
And it's also a way in which we remind each other. When we sing together, we remind each other as we serve each other of the truths of God. As we sing of God's great unfailing love. You know, Psalms were written for God's people to sing. Psalm 13 was written for God's people to sing. So no matter what's going on in our lives, like we did early in the service and we'll do later, let's praise our God. Let's remind each other of God's love. Let's remind each other that Jesus was forsaken for us. That Jesus was forsaken so that we will never be. To finish, I'm going to pray Psalm 13. So please, join with me. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Amen.